Welcome to the MJ Project channel. I'm MJ, your host, podcaster, and vlogger. This is the first episode of our Tuesday Traffic series, where I'll be talking about a subject I'm passionate about and I advocate for, the fight against human trafficking. When I decided to start this podcast and vlog, I said it was about time I talk about this topic, which I have been so quiet about all these years. I never really thought my voice would matter, but now that I have this platform, I will be able to give awareness to this cause. Have you seen a guy, sometimes an old guy, at a beach resort or a tourist spot holding hands with a local girl who looks no more than 13 or 15 years old? Did it make you feel uncomfortable? Did you think that there might be something wrong about this picture? Your gut feeling might be telling you something, that something sinister is happening, that foreign old guy might be a child molester, and the child might be trafficked by a syndicate to that molester. If you feel there might be something wrong with that picture, you should report it immediately to the authorities as a human trafficking crime. What is human trafficking? Based on Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it describes human trafficking as an organized criminal activity in which human beings are treated as possessions to be controlled and exploited. According to Wikipedia, Human trafficking is the trade of humans for the purpose of forced labor, sexual slavery, or commercial sexual exploitation. This may include mail-order brides, forced intermarriage, or the harvesting of organs, including surrogacy and ovary removal. These types of crime can occur within a country or transnationally. Human trafficking is the trade in people, especially women and children, and does not necessarily involve the movement of the person from one place to another. In the Philippines, being a third world country, we are susceptible to such crimes. Our women and children are at a great risk of being trafficked, and they have been for many years. Our citizens are vulnerable to human trafficking crimes such as forced prostitution, forced labor or slavery, debt bondage, child sex trafficking, and other forms of horrendous crimes. In a country where we live from paycheck to paycheck, people tend to do anything and everything just to be able to provide and feed for their families. Most of our people are left helpless and clueless in recognizing when they are already being abused and harmed. To help and protect our people, the Philippine government passed the Anti-Trafficking in Persons Act of 2003, a law against human trafficking, sex tourism, sex slavery, and child prostitution. In 2017, the U.S. State Department Office, which monitors and combats trafficking in persons, had placed our country in Tier 1 or fully compliant with minimum standard of the U.S. Trafficking Victims Protection Act. (music) 
The Philippines is a country with more than 7,000 islands. Most of these islands are far from the modern city we have in Metro Manila. They are mostly provinces with poor citizens, usually working for big corporations. Citizens in these islands or areas are highly vulnerable to abuse, organized syndicates, and victims of human trafficking and other crimes. Our government has identified problem areas in the country with a high rate of human trafficking crimes. These areas are as follows. Puerto Galera is a beautiful island beach resort that is just three hours away from Manila, a favorite place for child molesters. I have personally been here several times and I have seen warning signs and posters all over the island reminding people to report to authorities when they see old foreign men with underage girls or boys. Angeles and Olongapa City or Pampanga Province The city used to be the home to Clark Air Base, a major United States military facility. I have personally been here and have seen a long stretch of bars and brothels. It is notorious for offering kids for sex. It is one of the largest sex tourist destination in the world. Subic Bay in Olongapa City is a former U.S. naval base and an investigation was made because children as young as four years old is offered to child molesters. Metro Manila being the capital city of the Philippines, a lot of people are being forced into labor in the city. Most of those who I see every holidays are the dark-skinned locals from the provinces. Apologies because I honestly don't know what province they came from, therefore I don't know how to properly call them. But if you're from Manila, you know who I'm talking about. And they only ask alms during the holidays because syndicates bring them to Manila. I just feel so much for these poor people. And I'm so sad that this happens every year and DSWD does not do anything about it. Pagsanhan. It is known for trafficking young boys to homosexual predators. Pasay. Home to our international airports, Pasay is known to traffic kids as young as 14 years old to foreign child molesters. Makati This area is famous for their red light districts and thousands of foreign tourists. A number of kids are also reported to being kidnapped in Makati for foreign sex trade. Davao City Davao is famous for its beautiful beaches and is a known tourist spot. Children as young as 10 years old are reported to be in traffic to foreigners in Davao. It is also one of the top five areas for child prostitution and sex tourism. Cebu In 2001, an estimated 10,000 girls were trafficked into sex slavery in Cebu City, Philippines. Cebu is a destination of international and domestic trafficking of children from ages 11 to 17 years old. Lucena City Lucena ports have been identified as transit points used by big syndicates in transporting women and children from remote areas of Quezon province to prostitution dens in other parts of the country.
human trafficking is not just one single crime. Human trafficking is like an umbrella that branches out to other different and more specific type of crimes. The different types of human trafficking crimes are as follows. Number one, trafficking of children. This involves the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring, or receipt of children for the purpose of exploitation. Number two, sex trafficking. This happens when women and children are forced into prostitution. Number three, forced marriage. This is where one or both parties are married without their consent. Number four, labor trafficking. This happens when people are employed against their will with threat of punishment and death. This includes all forms of slavery. Number five, trafficking for organ trade. This happens when any individual is kidnapped by large syndicate groups and their organs are harvested and sold in the black market. Number six, sex tourism. This happens when people travel to locations for the purpose of sex. Most of these individuals are foreign child molesters who travel to our country to have sex with our children. Number seven, mail order bride. This happens when a woman lists herself in catalogs and is selected by a man for marriage. Number eight, debt bondage. This happens when a person is forced into labor due to a debt owed. Most of the time, the debt increases over time. The person in debt is removed from his or her freedom until the debt is paid. I will be discussing each type of the crimes I mentioned into more detail on another episode of Tuesday Traffic. Just stay tuned for the announcements. Now that we're familiar to the different types of crime that falls under human trafficking, I'd like you to know the people who are vulnerable in falling victim to such crimes. First are those people who are desperately looking for work because they would do everything to provide for their families. Next are children from poor families because they can easily be kidnapped and trafficked for any purpose. May it be sex trafficked for sex tourism or organ harvesting. Next are single women who live on their own or not with family because most are easily brainwashed to believing that they are in a relationship when in fact they will be placed in prostitution dens to be sexually trafficked. Next are women who are desperate to be able to provide for their family because they would do anything and everything for their family no matter the cost. And finally, women who travel alone or foreigners because they are in a strange place without knowledge of how to ask for help from authorities. They may also have problems communicating due to language barriers. Knowing who are vulnerable is not enough. We also need to look for signs that may indicate that a human trafficking crime is happening. Number one, if the person cannot leave or quit their current work to find another job. If someone you know mentions that they would like to quit 
but are helpless in terms of leaving their work. Try to dig in deeper, and they might be being forced into labor or slavery. In the Philippines, this usually happens to our OFWs, who have been tricked by agencies or handlers promising them good and safe work placements. Number two, they do not have control of their wages and their finances. If someone mentions that they are unable to get their wages on time or have not received any salary for months on end, this may also be a sign that they are being forced into labor or bonded to debt they cannot repay. Same for number one, most people vulnerable here in our country are our OFWs who are victims of fake agencies. Number three, showing signs of physical and mental abuse. This one might be hard to notice, but if you see changes in personality or physical appearance, try to talk to that person alone and find out if someone is abusing them. Number four, are accompanied anywhere by someone who speaks for them or allows others to speak for them when addressed directly. When you meet someone who seems to never be left alone at any time, and then you talk to them, but their companion is always the one speaking on their behalf. This may be a clear sign that they are being controlled by their companion and may need immediate help. In the Philippines, most brothels do not allow their quote-unquote workers to mingle with other people unless accompanied by their pimps. They also cannot leave their dens unless it is time for them to work. Number five, someone appears to be fearful of or under control of another person. This may be in connection with number four, when someone is in control of them. Number six, when someone is unfamiliar with their neighborhood where they live or work. When you meet someone who does not seem to belong, or when that person does not know where they are or how they got there, this may be a sign that they have been kidnapped from their homes and brought to this place for forced labor or prostitution. Number seven, someone is not working in the job originally promised to them. This usually happens to individuals who look for work abroad. Their handlers or agencies might have forced them into work different from what was promised to them. Number eight, someone is lacking identification, passport, or other travel documents, or do not have control over their documentation. In connection to number seven, these individuals are compelled to continue working in their jobs because their handlers or agencies are holding onto their passports and other documents until these handlers or agencies are paid. Number nine, they are unable to freely contact their family and friends. If someone you know, a family or a friend, is known to be working for someone and they have not contacted you for a very long time, they might be kidnapped or trafficked to syndicates. Number 10. They have restricted freedom or movement. If someone you know is unable to freely leave their place of work or their home, this may mean that they are being trafficked, abused, or forced into slavery. Number 11. They are a juvenile engaged in commercial sex acts. If you happen to be in a place with bars and brothels, you might notice young girls or boys. 
as long as you think they look like kids, no matter what they are wearing, to try to pass as an adult, there is no harm to report such suspicions to the authority. You might be able to help or rescue these kids. Number 12. They are threatened or afraid of being handed over to the authorities. If someone you know is being abused but are scared to report it to the police, it might be because their lives or life of their families are being threatened. You might want to help them by being the one to report to the authorities. Now that we know who are vulnerable and what signs to look for, you might be wondering why the victims don't try to escape or report their abusers. Here are some of the reasons why, that you may be able to understand their situation. Number one, they're not aware that they are already being trafficked. Most victims of human trafficking doesn't know or understand that they are already being trafficked. Most of them usually feel like this is the card they are dealt with. Since most victims come from poor backgrounds, they are not educated enough that such abuse or actions are already a crime being committed against them. Number two, they are threatened that if they tell anyone, they or their families will be hurt. As of any criminal or abuser, their number one threat to their victims is that more harm will come to them or worse to their families. This leaves them afraid and helpless. Number three, they are being brainwashed by their traffickers. Most human trafficking crimes are done by huge organized syndicates that are experts in brainwashing their victims into believing that they deserve what is happening to them. Some are made to think that they are a part of a family and that the abuse is normal. Number four, they do not know who to trust. Most syndicates are backed up by the police, politicians, or other powerful people. The victims are told about this and they end up not knowing who to turn to. Most of them no longer know who are the bad guys from the good guys. Number five, they do not know how to ask for help or where to go. Some victims of human trafficking are kidnapped and brought to other places which are far away from their homes. They do not know where to go or what place is safe. If they do want to report to the police, there is a big chance that they are brought to places far away from authorities. Number six, they are not familiar with laws or languages where they are. For those huge organized syndicates, they usually bring their victims from third world countries to first world countries such as Europe or the United States. Most of them do not know the language and are lost in translation. This is harder for them to ask or find help. Number seven, fear of deportation. People from third world countries try to find work illegally in first world countries. They usually would do anything not to be deported because their work is the only thing that is able to provide a good life for the family they left at their home country. Number eight, they are already addicted to drugs. This usually is the case for victims of sex trafficking. The victims are drugged day in and day out, so men can continue to rape them all day long. Some of the victims get addicted to the drugs. 
Some of them also sometimes preferred to be drugged so as to numb themselves of the rape and abuse. Finally, at number nine, they are in debt to their traffickers. Some syndicates would reach out a helping hand to their would-be victims. Once indebted, the abusers will then start abusing their victims. The victims will then have the mindset that they will only be free of the abuse once the debt is paid. Some of them feel like they deserve it because they owe a debt to their abusers. Knowing the crime, knowing who the possible victims are, knowing what signs to look for, is not enough if we do not report it to the proper authorities. If you, our listener, thinks that you are a victim of human trafficking and you don't know if reporting to the police is safe, you can contact the following agencies. In the Philippines, you can report it to the Interagency Council Against Human Trafficking. You can dial 1343 for Metro Manila or 021343 for outside Metro Manila. You can also visit their website at www.1343actionline.ph or email them to 1343actionline at cfo.gov.ph. If you are in the United States, you can call the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking at 1-813-895-3390 or the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-888-373-7888. I also have contact details for different countries in Europe. I will post all of these contact details in the caption of this podcast episode. On the next episode of Tuesday Traffic, I will talk about the Philippine Anti-Trafficking Act of 2003. For now, thank you everyone for your time and for listening. I hope you learned something from our Tuesday Traffic episode. If you witness any of the crimes being committed, do not hesitate to report it to your local authorities. If you're listening from outside the Philippines, please do research on the contact details for other anti-human trafficking groups. If you'd like to see a transcript of this episode, head on to my blog at www.themjprojectph.com. I will post my links and other important links in the caption. Again, thank you. Keep listening, keep watching, and keep safe. This is MJ saying goodnight.